Good day, everyone. This is Chris from the UK, and you're listening to episode 270 of the 360 Vegas podcast. If you want to support these three lovable degenerates, you can send them money without actually sending them money by visiting the website 360vegaspodcast.com, clicking on the Amazon link and buying non-360 Vegas branded (laughs) shit. Or you can click on the Zazzle link and kit yourself out with as much 360 Vegas branded merchandise as your little credit cards can afford. Alternatively, you can send your bribes via PayPal. Now, I gotta warn you, the hosts of this show are funny motherfuckers, and as a result, laugh a lot. Some would say too much. If you're one of those individuals who thinks they laugh too much, I'll bring you a message from the bosses. Listen closely. Mark, Karen, and Tony don't give a monkey's what you think. So sit back, relax, and fucking enjoy it. <laughs> Day after tomorrow, gentlemen, we'll be in Las Vegas. Welcome to Vegas. Las Vegas functions on a 24-hour-a-day schedule. The pool's the casino. Big volcano out in front. That's the Eiffel Tower. Barrage. Riviera. The Mirage. Flamingo. Sahara. The MGM Grand. This isn't the real Caesars Palace, is it? On a gamble. They always put the machines that pay off the most right in the front. Good luck. The Strip is just the most amazing stretch of road, I think, probably anywhere in the world. Kicking ass in Vegas. Vegas, baby. Vegas, baby. Welcome to Las Vegas. (laughs) I can't get enough of it. It's so good. (laughs) You can also get early and sometimes exclusive access to all things 360 Vegas with a $7 per month subscription to Patreon. That's patreon.com slash 360 Vegas. Well done, Chris. Yeah, I just, uh, we, we may use that several times over the next few weeks. Yeah. I, yeah. It's so good. It, each time I hear it, I pick out something new yeah. that, he, that he points out. Like, they don't give monkeys right. if, you, what if you don't like their laughter. Okay, how, cool. Yeah, how intense he gets about it, too. I have a message for you. <laughs> So good. All right, so let's uh, let, let's address that we are are missing our our more feminine side of the, of the show. Some some would say our wrangler. She does not nap well and made the poor mistake of napping today. So she uh, sheepishly came to me and said, "Do you mind if I miss the show this week? I just I just don't feel like I would contribute anything." I'm like, "Just go, just go away from me. Go away from me now." I'm like, "I will hang out with my friend Tony." That's right. That's right. It's going to be all sorts of testosterone flowing up in here. That's right. That's right. I don't need you bringing this down. That's right. <laughs> well, good. Let's start the show. He's Mark. I'm Tony. And as always, we start with Random Vegas. When it first opened, one of the selling points for the Desert Inn was individual thermostats in all guest rooms. We got that from at Vital Vegas. I can't wrap my head around the concept of staying in a place where I couldn't control the temperature. Because I'm usually cold when I go to, to a place, so I can't imagine staying in a hotel 
I, I, I would just assume it, I would be freezing everywhere. And see, that's super funny because when I read this, I thought, shit, I know how hot those rooms are when I check into them and I immediately <laughs> dial that thermostat down to 60. That would be miserable to be hot all the time. Right. Well, well, Tony, some would say you are hot all the time. What What can I say? I try to, I try to reel it in, but you can't. You just can't keep this under control. No, Let's talk about the twit pick of the week. Thanks to the unbreakable rules I've made up in my head to govern the twit pick of the week selection process, I've known who this week's winner was going to be for about two weeks. Even though I know I could break one of said rules and almost no one would know, considering I'm the only one who knows what the rules are, I'm sure it comes as no surprise to anyone who's gotten to know me that doing such a thing would be unthinkable. <laughs> Let me explain. The first Twit Pick of the Week awarded after a 360 Vegas vacation is actually the Twit Pick of the Trip. It's a photo, usually taken by me, that best encapsulates the spirit of that 360 Vegas vacation and inspired monologue. After the trip report, all candidates nominated since the last Twit Pick of the Week was awarded are reviewed. That means a photo has to stand out two to three times longer than usual to earn, and in some cases retain, the right to the designation, which in some cases reaffirms the reason it's eventually awarded the honor. This week's winner was one that was able to pretty easily hold off potential usurpers. Captured in the air on approach to McCarran, Official 360 Vegas vacation photographer at Japluto 09's photo of the strip over the wing of a plane creates a coastal beach illusion, causing those familiar with the desert landscape surrounding the strip to do a double take to comprehend what they're seeing. As if the view wasn't ethereal enough, placing the strip in the distance over said wing inspires correlations to stories of afterlife ascension. This shot embodies peace and tranquility amidst chaos and disorder wrapped in mathematical probability. An equation that most certainly always equals an epic adventure on the horizon. So let me tell you, for the listeners at home, I'm fortunate enough, that's a weird way to phrase it, but being a co-host, I get Mark's scripts hours before we actually podcast night and I like to read through everything I like to kind of have a general tone and sense of what Mark's gonna talk about and what he wants to say I feel like that's what I can help contribute to a show other than just getting drunk and being obnoxious (laughs) I will read these twip pics of the week and I will check out the photo that he's got associated with it and there are times when either I think that the the monologue for the twip pic doesn't quite match what the photo looks like or there are times when I would I would say that maybe the, the monologue was better than the photo that was being uh, proposed this is one of those situations where when I first read your monologue Mark here I was like I don't I don't get where Mark's going with this I don't I don't I don't really understand his point and, and I fear that the picture might be better than the monologue itself and then you just presented it as you did and now all of a sudden it's all it's clicking for me like it all makes sense and I couldn't agree with you more your description of what Julie's photo looks like as you're coming into Vegas and you're preparing to land this was beautifully written and I think truly encapsulates the image that when the listeners look at Julie's picture they're gonna be like yep 
I feel that exact same way when my plane is landing into McCarran Airport. Thank you, sir. Oh, yeah, it was a nice way of me saying sometimes your monologues are shit. Sometimes <laughs> the picture you choose isn't all that great. Yeah, but you did a really good job at it. I felt good at the end of it. That's brilliant. That's a yeah, good lawyer good. right there. That's a good lawyer. I'm like, I, you might have insulted me, but I, I feel good. <laughs> if I'm going to serve you a crap sandwich, brother, it's going to be compliment, crap, compliment. So we're just going to, you know, put it right in the middle there. Well no, done. I kid. I kid. This was, this was excellent. Well done, Julie. And I get why she has been dubbed the honorary photographer of the 360 Vegas vacations. That girl doesn't go anywhere without her camera. And then when she posts her photos that she's taken, she does such a great job of encapsulating it. As a matter of fact, uh, one of her pictures has went quasi-viral. And I say quasi insofar as it got a ton of likes and a ton of retweets and a ton of comments. It had something to do with... um when we were at the craps table at Luxor and she got a picture of Alistair and Chris and Jason and me and Adam and Ryan and uh, forgive me, I think Mitchell, if I haven't said Mitchell already, he was in there. Uh, it just, it was a great picture and he made a comment about it and it was just, it was super fun. It's super cool. I love that Julie is, because the best part about Julie is she finds a way to take a picture that and I, I, I perhaps I'm belaboring the word in, encapsulates, but she finds a way to take a picture that if you aren't there, mm -hmm. this vision or this view of what you're seeing in this picture is as if you were standing right there. She finds a way to make you be in the middle of all of the fun. Wow, that's a really yeah. Not only is that a hell of a compliment, it's damn accurate. So. For everybody that suffers the FOMO aspect of not being at a Vegas vacation, Julie is damn near as close as you can get to standing right there with us. So thank you, Julie, for uh, for everything you do. Agreed. As always, we will link the photo to our blog and we'll feature it on all of our social media outlets such as Flickr, Pinterest, Facebook, Google+, Twitter, as well as the enhanced version of the show, which you should be seeing right now. Let's move into the news. All right, Mark, so this is pretty cool. Speaking of Julie and, and encapsulating what a Vegas vacation looks and feels like, you've got some, uh, some news to reveal. Absolutely. As we promised last week, 360 Vegas Vacation 7, we have the details for you. So if you have missed and you do have regret, you have the opportunity to, to rectify that. 360 Vegas Vacation 7 is going to be Sunday, September 2nd through Tuesday, September 4th. That is Labor Day weekend, and it will be Center Strip centric. Starting Sunday at 5 p.m., another bucket list item for my friend and co-host here. The 5 p.m. meet and greet will be at level 107 at Stratosphere. Yes! That's oh, so fantastic. Polar opposites, right? Like we had the meet and greet, the, yes, the family right. meet and greet. At Sky Lounge. At, yeah, at Sky Lounge at Mandalay Bay, and now we're, we're kicking off seven at the, at the opposite end of, of the strip. That's awesome. And, and just for clarification for any listeners that don't already know this, it costs you nothing to get up to the top of 407, uh, excuse me, level 107. So if, if you are charged or asked to be charged, just tell them you're going to the bar at 107. Yep. And then at 715, limo to the Fremont Street Experience. We'll pick us up at Stratosphere, take us for a lap around the Strip, and then downtown. We're at 815. We plan to land at Downtown Grand, where we'll have some slot races and group gaming. So I think the takeaway for this then, Mark, is we should probably come to the meet and greet already having done dinner because we're unlike this last 
Vegas Vacation 6, we don't intend on breaking up. We're going to go get dropped right off at Downtown Grand. We start getting into our, our slot games and whatnot. Absolutely, yes. Okay. Yep. Cool. All right. Good. And, and on, then? Yes, on to Monday, noon. We are going to check out the Speakeasy at the Mob Museum. Now, this is the item that, that Mr. Tony spoke of, that there is a chance that we would abort on. But wh why do you think that's going to happen? Because at least when I last checked about a month-ish ago, they don't actually open the bar until maybe 5 p.m. Oh, come on. Right, right. But as always, Mark always has a backup plan. Yeah. So if that doesn't work out, we're going to hang out at Banger Brewing again. Totally cool. Totally cool. Then at 3 p.m., as we teased last week, the 360 Whiskey Lounge is going to be at a venue to be decided, but all the details will be available on the Eventbrite page. That that thing is just, I am a huge fan of that. Well, you're, you're being modest. So for the listeners, you, please understand, this is something that came about organically. But Mark has been incredibly gracious in saying, how can I try to give back to the Vice Lounge online? You guys have done a lot for for me, what can I do in return? And and I said, well, you know, this this whiskey tasting seems to be really successful. And he goes, so let's find a way to cross promote 360 Vegas or the, the Vice Lounge online. We do a 360 uh, Vegas Lounge, which is quasi Vice Lounge online. What if we did a 360 Whiskey Lounge and we'll do the tasting? Uh, we think we know where the venue is going to be, but Mark, should we should we give a heads up though that there that it is going to be limited to 15 participants? Yeah, absolutely. The same thing with the limo. We only well, I mean not 15, but there is limited space for the limo. I believe we've only got 28 spots available this time. Uh, okay. But same thing. Yeah, there is limited space available. So if you are interested, you're going to want to jump on that as soon as the Eventbrite page is up, which will be shortly after this show posts tomorrow. So, Well, and if they wonder why it's going to be a, I don't know, maybe $60, I think, charge or $65 charge, somewhere around there. Absolutely. Pimp this. Is because we're going to take your... 60 or 65 dollars whatever we wind up settling on is the final dollar amount and we're going to pool all of that money for the purposes of buying very expensive bottles of of whiskey so we're looking at bottles that are going to be somewhere between 150 and 250 dollars a bottle so because we're capping it at roughly 15 and to be clear listeners that 15 includes people like me and the host that's actually going to have it at their suite and Jason and if Mark wants to be a part of it or you know whatnot I mean we're it, there's a hard cap of 15 because right. we can only fit so many people right. but the goal then is to take your $60 or $65 whatever the case might be and buy very high-end bottles so as opposed to having lots of good bottles we're going to have a few Great bottles. Right. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I believe it's it's sixty and then there's like whatever Eventbrite charges for fees is comes up to close to sixty five. So cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. So at least they know where their money's going. Yep, exactly. After that, six PM, let it never be said that I don't give people what they want. If eventually. <laughs> Some sometimes. The uh, the meet and greet with the three sixty Vegas family is gonna be at Ellis Island, featuring at Neon Vacation. Melts Vegas, The Better Life for the first oh, time. Oh, kick ass. Vegas Confessions, Eric Rosenthal, and Vital Vegas once again. And after the meet and greet, <sighs> at <laughs> Come 8 p.m. Tell us. 
karaoke slot races and group gaming at Ellis Island. You fuckers asked for it. You're getting it. This was, I'll tell you what, one of the things that, Mark, I know you don't believe me when I tell you this, but one of the consistent questions that has been brought up to me at these different meet and greets that we've had at previous 360 Vegas vacations is, when are we ever going to have an opportunity to go to Ellis Island and go do karaoke? We want to go to Ellis Island. We want to do karaoke. And I've been bringing it up to you, and you've been like, eh, probably not. Eh, I don't think so. Eh, maybe. Like, each time I'd bring it up to you, you were at least a little (laughs) bit less. Just wore me down. Exactly right. That's exactly right. So this is this should be a lot of fun. And this is and, and for the listeners, just so you know, it's our intention. We're just I mean, we're gonna give Ellis Island the heads up. They're gonna know we're coming, but it's just we're gonna show up yeah. and we're gonna take over the entire karaoke lounge. And it sh- it better just be one three sixty Vegas vacation or after another karaoke. Yeah, so exactly. If you ever want this shit to happen again, don't let that be an empty mic at some point. Because <laughs> I'll yes. be like, I'll be like, I knew you were fucking full of shit. Nobody wanted to do this. <laughs> That's right. So come on, listeners. I'm begging you, begging you. If you were on the fence of coming out to a three sixty Vegas vacation, just think about the level of fun that that is going because it's going to, oh my God, it's going to be crazy. <laughs> I've already got like my lit, like I'm making up my set list. <laughs> like I'm, I'm ready to go. It's, it's going to be uh what's that band game that you, that you talked me band. into buying. Rock what band. was that? Rock, rock band. band. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be all rock band up in here with all the songs that I'm going to sing. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah. And I might over the next, you know, few podcasts leading up to it, I may tease out some of the songs that I'm probably going to have on my set list. That's both to amp up excitement and also ensure that you guys know your place. I will absolutely pull a rank on you if you try to sing one of my songs. I, I, I thought you were going to say, and to also annoy Mark. <laughs> I, that's So, listeners, what Garth Brooks songs would you like me to karaoke to? <laughs> Just to no, I kid. I kid. None of, none of my set list uh, uh, includes Garth Brooks, so they're crowd favorites. <laughs> okay. And then, and then day three Tuesday at 8 a.m. Once again, we have the 360 exercise experience with at Raising Las Vegas, which has now proven to be a, a real thing. We, we we've mocked before. I feel we cannot mock anymore after seeing the group that we had at Vegas Vacation Six. Particularly when you got two out of the three podcaster. Well, excuse me. Technically, you could say four out of the five. 360 Vegas Vacation family members that yep. were a part of it. I was there, Karen was there, Alistair was there, and obviously Christina, she she organized Wasn't it. Was Julie but, there too? And our photographer was there, so fine, five out of six were there. Yeah. yeah. So, so basically everyone but me, but once again, I feel I've worked really <laughs> hard to cultivate this Howard Hughes of podcasting. I'm not right. fucking that up, right? I need, right. <laughs> I need us to know that you're at the you know, the top of the building right. with you with little Kleenex boxes on your feet, but you're not actually like a part. No, that's we 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 wouldn't want it any other way, quite yeah. frankly. Periodically, I'll call down to you and ask for some crazy thing that I need immediately. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the next event is at 10 a.m. It's the 360 Vegas Indulgence once again at Canyon Ranch Spot Venetian with Raising Las Vegas, and for the rest of us, 1 p.m. Bar crawl. We are going to start off at the Chandelier Bar at Cosmopolitan, lead over to the lounge at Planet Hollywood, which I believe is the initiation, or well, not the initiation, the the birthplace of the 360 Whiskey Lounge. I believe you are accurate, sir. <laughs> right. 
And uh, we'll finish it off at Le Centre Bar at Paris. Uh, obviously, it's a bar crawl. All these things are subject to change at any moment. So I would recommend you show up at the Chandelier Bar, and then we'll see what happens. Most definitely. And what's fun about this, Mark, is I remember you and me texting back and forth about, okay, we want to incorporate a bar crawl. Where do we go? What's a must do? Where do we send people? And, you know, you said, I'd like to start a chandelier bar. And I said, I think that's great. Is there anything on that side of the strip that you want to continue with? And you said, no, let's bounce across the street. And that's where we (laughs) came up with Planet Hollywood and Paris. And hell, we might even make our way over, particularly depending on how long this lasts. I very well see a a reality that we wind up at the Bound Bar at Cromwell after hitting something up at at Bally. So, I mean, this is, keep, as is always the case, and we'll say this a lot between now and September, always use the hashtag 360VV7, and you'll know exactly where we're at. Right, right. So after that, we plan to have dinner at 5 p.m. at Wahlburgers at Bally's. And then following that, we're going to do our standard closing closing ceremonies of group gaming at various casinos. You'll, you'll need that hashtag at that time if, if you aren't with us at the jump. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> now, times and events are confirmed, but venues are always subject to change. Go to our event right page to RSVP and let us know that you're coming. And if you're interested in participating in the limo experience and or the whiskey lounge, you can purchase your tickets there as well. As usual, Patreon subscribers will have exclusive access to RSVP, the limited space events first. General availability will be available next week. General availability will be available. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, I mean, that general availability will be available generally next week. (laughs) Generally. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Listen, for for folks that aren't Patreon subscribers, it's a rarity that I personally will ever do something as blatant as about what I'm about to do. But this is one of those situations where it's so valuable to be a Patreon subscriber because not only is the, the, the limo ride down to downtown limited at 28, the whiskey lounge is going to be limited at Super 15. Limited. So if this sounds like something you would want to do and, and we've got plenty, listen, Mark's done a great job of cultivating this. There are plenty of Patreon subscribers to begin with. If you want to ensure you're going to have an opportunity to get to do one of those two things, what's seven bucks a month to be able to pop in and be able to get first crack at it? Cause it's, it's such a good time. Now, Mark, I do have a quick question. 28 people for the limo ride. Does, is that still encompassing the two buses that we usually do? No, no. This time we, uh, it's going to, okay. If there is enough demand, typically our second trip isn't as large as, as our first trip, as our Memorial Day trip. So, so this time I'm just straight up guessing that we're only going to need the one. Now, if I'm wrong, if, if you're all rallying around and, and saying, no, 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 I just, you know, we just didn't come to the early one. Don't, don't tell us short on the second one. If demand is there, I will expand to a second limo. That, that's fine. I'm just assuming that it will be like, like last year and it'll be a smaller group. But if, if I'm wrong, I will, I will uh, adjust that and in, in double in size if we need to. Okay. Good. All right. I, I got nothing more to add, man. You let me kind of interject some thoughts and comments during uh, you know the rollout of this. I think this is going to be just as much fun as they, they always are. And it's what's super cool is when we see the same faces yeah. at both the May and the September. I mean, that's just, it's, I know we've said it before and it's probably tiring to hear, but it's incredibly um, 
flattering and it's humbling yeah. to have people want to take vacation time because, you know, what's the one thing that you and I constantly talk about on this podcast, Mark? We have, individually, we each have our own limited amount of vacation time that we have. Right. And if folks have as limited vacation time like what we have, you're choosing to use that vacation time in that manner, that's, it's, I, I don't, I don't, words can't describe how touching it is that people will come out and hang out with us. I mean, true. So, all right. Uh, anything else before I move on, buddy? No. Talk to me about the Steven Group expanding yet again. So the RJ reports that Derek Stevens, owner of the D and Golden Gate and a lot of real estate in the Fremont Street experience vicinity, recently added the office building at Carson and 3rd to their holdings at a cost of just under $40 million. The building sits directly behind the D and neighbors to the downtown Las Vegas event center, also owned by Stevens. No word what the plans are for it. Stevens is currently ramping up to begin development on his first ground-up hotel casino in Las Vegas on the site formerly home to Las Vegas Club, Glitter Gulch, Mermaids, and everything in between Main and First Street. Doesn't that sound like Golden Nugget-esque type expansion? It does, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, Ted Newkirk, the guy is just as nice as can be, and he's always got a little bit of his ear to the ground, and and he'll share his thoughts with you and I through email and whatnot. The more we watch what's happening in downtown, the more I believe this phrase is true. This is uh, Derek Stevens' world, and we're just living in it. I mean, it's just the guy, but fortunately, you've got someone that's that is you and I. I mean, yeah. theory, think about it. If you and I were to randomly wake up tomorrow morning and we'd hit a Powerball for $848 million or some, you know, astronomical dollar amount, wouldn't we do exactly what Derek Stevens is doing? Wouldn't we go straight to Vegas and we'd start buying up casinos and we'd make it the place where gamblers would want to go to have a good time? I think we would try. I, I don't know if we could equal what he's done, but I, in, in the most complimentary way it can be said, he is the everyman that you want trying to remold and reshape Vegas, especially downtown, into, into what it is. I mean, he, he yep. frequently comes up with ideas and shit that I'm like, I never would have thought of that. And he's even done things that I'm like, that's dumb. And then I've tried it. I'm like, that's really cool. <laughs> like, yeah. I was wrong. I agreed. I, I agree. I remember being a part of this podcast and we were just lambasting, quote unquote, the D. Oh. And what is this guy doing? And he's going to ruin downtown. And, and I... And and you say all the time, Mark, I want to be wrong. Oh, yeah. I don't, you know, I, I want people to succeed. This is one of those where he's succeeded beyond our wildest dreams. So yep. this is... Awesome. Agreed. There are some uh, solar-powered casinos going on. Yeah, the RJ reports that Wynn Resorts recently began drawing power from their new 160-acre solar power facility located outside of Fallon, Nevada, approximately 375 miles from the Strip. In its first week of operation, the facility supplied Wynn Resorts with over 80% of the daytime power needs. In addition to the power plant, Wind Resorts recently installed solar panels on the roof of their properties. Speaking of solar rooftops, MGM already owns one of the nation's largest installed atop the Mandalay Bay Convention Center. And in April, they announced plans to develop a similar solar power plant 25 miles northeast of Las Vegas that would supply their 13 casinos in the market with 90% of their required energy. That project is expected to be complete in 2020 it's unclear what, if any, renewable energy initiatives Caesars Entertainment has planned. 
I've always thought, and I, I can't judge, I don't know a ton about solar energy, but being somebody that is just a fan of the desert, have always thought that. I'm like, why isn't the desert, all this barren wasteland, just not overwhelmed with solar panels? I can only assume it's either too expensive to cultivate or the technology isn't nearly as efficient as, as it's now apparently becoming. You know, I was floored that 160 acres, which is no small chunk of land, I'll concede, but it's not it's not miles and miles worth of land. Right. 160 acres of land was able to supply wind with 80% yeah. of its daytime power needs. I mean, that's just, that boggles my mind. And it boggles my mind for two reasons. Number one, that you can do 80% with only 160 acres. But second of all, the fact that they're, they, we, as a, as, a, as a species, we found a way to channel 160 acres, 375 miles right. away uh, yeah. to be delivered to this place. And it's able to run 80% of its daytime solar uh, power needs. That's just, it's just, it, it's awe-inspiring. Yeah, for the record, I can't wrap my head around how electricity works. So how, how the rest <laughs> of this, like I know when I flip the switch on, it's supposed to work. And, and if it doesn't, I know there's like a breaker that I can go to. Much yeah. beyond that, I'm fucked. <laughs> Right. <laughs> exactly. I know. Uh, no, that, that's that's super cool. And you're absolutely right. I mean, there's this. I get to a certain extent the argument about solar panels. They're they're ugly, or with particularly with the wind turbines. That particular, you know, here in Michigan, we've got a lot of yeah. wind turbines, and they're kind of ugly. But when you're out in the desert, I mean, no one's gonna see this shit, yeah, and no. you're not ruining aesthetics. I mean, I know, this right? isn't you putting something up on the mountains that you're all of a sudden now staring at. This is just nobody's going to ever see this. I know, right? What are you ruining Google earth? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. It's just, I'm, 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 I'm excited. Something else I'm excited about, and I will buy this somehow. I will find a way to track it down. There is the Lego Vegas 2.0 finally being revealed. So it was revealed that Lego planned to feature Las Vegas in their 2018 architecture series. The original plan was to release in the first quarter of 2018 and feature Mandalay Bay, Luxor, Wynn, Stratosphere, and the Fremont Street Experience. However, the project was delayed in response to the Mandalay Bay shooting and then the subsequent Wynn sexual misconduct scandal. Well, this week they released their revised plans, or bloggers did. The difference? Mandalay Bay has been replaced by Bellagio, and the structure formerly referred to as Wynn is now being called Encore. Now, I say that because... If you look at the previous pictures, that little Encore building doesn't look any fucking different than the little wind building. It's not like they changed, like they flipped it around, like, oh, look, now it's curved in a different way. Like, no, no, they're just calling it something else. Also, to save on repackaging costs, Bellagio has simply been photoshopped over where Mandalay Bay used to be, which means the cover of the box is not displaying the strip in the same order from left to right as it would in real life from south to north. Some of the more, what do you call them, purists are not fans that Bellagio is to the left of Luxor on the cover, but that, that is why. Now, Lego Las Vegas is expected to be released sometime this summer. No word how much it will cost. And currently, the stuff that they're releasing is overseas stuff. There is plans for that to come 
with American packaging. So it's not, it, it shouldn't be anywhere near as difficult as it seems it is. It's only because they leaked the Korean or Chinese or whatever it is, like, like their packaging first. Hmm. So it makes me a little angry, not going to lie, a little angry that uh, we don't get first crack at our own country's architectural uh, series. <laughs> just saying. Just saying. All right. Seems to me like America, America, Mer- should, uh, America should get first crack at the <laughs> Las Vegas architecture series. So... <laughs> We don't, right. we don't know if they're all if they're not all being released at the same time. Perhaps it's easier to set up the you know whatever Asian cultures font. Perhaps it was easier to print those off first, and that's the first thing that someone snuck a picture of. We're not saying mm. they're not being released at the same time. Let's just let's all pump the brake. America, still just, fuck yeah. I appreciate you. You know you're helping me step back from the ledge, my friend. You know. Cut ties, all the lies. Okay, so next is the sports betting franchise ownership has a dilemma. Yeah, this is this is going to be interesting. As states begin to define how they will legislate legal sports betting, the question of how owners like Tillman Fertitta, owner of the Golden Nugget, and the Houston Rockets NBA team will be impacted. After purchasing the NBA franchise in 2017, the league requested Fertitta remove the option to bet on the Houston Rockets from his casinos. New Jersey's proposed bill for sports betting says that casino owners cannot own any more than 10% of a franchise if they want to offer sports gambling in their establishment at all. With the Golden Nugget brand in four different states, it'll be interesting to see what decision Fertitta would make should Mississippi and Louisiana follow along with legislation similar to New Jersey. Is allowing sports betting in a casino more profitable than owning a professional sports franchise? I don't know. I I, I want to see what he'll do because I I don't know the answer to that question. I would think I would think that it would be the sport, but I mean, there's a reason why Las Vegas is what it is and why gambling is now growing into what it is. So maybe it isn't. Maybe it is more profitable to go whoa 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 whoa. Because even though they talk about like sports gambling has like razor thin margins. Yeah, I mean, it can be razor thin, but if that razor still is a, you know, I'm making this number up, but a hundred million dollar a year source for them, right? That, that that's still a large razor's edge for them. Right. I, I don't know. The other thing that I wonder might happen though is if it's possible, maybe some of these states might just grandfather in. So if you've already owned more than 10% of a franchise, you can continue to own more than 10%. And or they may throw in there something like, you just can't offer those games. Yeah, you know, if you ha- right. if you own more than ten percent uh, in a f- sports franchise, you just can't offer those particular games in your casino. Yeah, I mean, all that seems fair. And and we also have to keep uh, a reminder that New Jersey, since they've legal since they legalized gambling in like the seventies or whatever, have notoriously been stupid when it comes to what they allow gambling. And and I mean, fuck, they they put Steve Wynn through the grill twice about opening up a casino in, in, in the city. And it's, they've always been very, I don't know, we say that, but, you know, if, if the Sopranos has taught us anything, the mob's all over the place in Jersey, so. <laughs> yeah, so they perhaps, still have their finger in it. Right, yeah. so, so perhaps, perhaps they're cautious, uh, not to a fault, but uh, uh, through, through, through intelligence and experience. 
Next up, Wynn drops their parking fees. It was announced this week that Wynn Resorts will no longer charge guests for parking starting July 1st, as long as you spend at least $50 on site. Guests staying at the property will have parking added to the list of things included in their $39 per day resort fee. No fucking shit. See, this is why we fucking hate resort fees. Because stupid shit like this. Uh, oh, it's it's part of your resort fee. Yeah, no fucking shit. I'm staying at the win, which means I undoubtedly am paying a minimum of $50 a night, which would mean that, yes, of course, I, that would cover, you know, what, what would be required to have no... Like, don't fucking take shit that we've already known to be free, or we already know is included from some other thing, and make it sound like, your resort fee includes all of these great perks for you. Like perks that everyone gets for free? It's unclear exactly how validation of spending will be done, but it was clarified that a $200 bill at a restaurant could be split to cover multiple vehicles. MGM was the first hotel casino to charge for parking, and neither they nor Caesars Entertainment have stated that they currently have any plans. Or wait a minute, they have stated, not that they haven't. They have stated that they currently have no plans to change their parking fees. Yeah, that'd be pretty knee-jerk, right? Oh, Winset, no, we're not doing it anymore. Immediately stop. Well, and so a couple observations. Number one, it makes sense for Win to work back their their parking fees because they're essentially two casinos as opposed to MGM and, and Caesars that owns, for all intents and purposes, the entire strip. Right. <laughs> I'd also heard that because there was free parking at the Fashion Show Mall, mm-hmm. people were parking at the Fashion Show Mall and just walking over uh. them to to win. And, and I think even Venetian Palazzo has yet to implement parking Correct. fees, so they were also parking there and walking over. So, now I think this is a good sign. I granted they're they're only quote unquote they're only two casinos that are doing it, but it's it's a nice start. And you know, here's the worst part. So, for folks at home that remember this from their eighth grade science class, if you were to throw a frog into a boiling pot of water, it would immediately jump out because it was too hot. But if you put a frog in a, you know, room temperature pot of water and you slowly start turning up the heat on that water, eventually the water will boil and the frog will cook itself to death because it becomes acclimated to to its surroundings, right? Is it possible that this is exactly where we're at? We have such disdain for parking fees that now they go, you know what? You know what? Tell you what. Tell you what. We're going to give it to you free. We're rolling it into the resort fee. So there you go. Now your resort fee ain't quite so bad, right? Because it's <laughs> including your parking. I, I don't know. To me, it just adds more negative connotation to the resort fee. Like on another fucking thing. Another another thing that we're, we're irritated about. Like you're not hooking me up. You're not hooking me up. You're just adding this into some bullshit. I actually, I, I feel like this is the evolution of parking in general because there's a lot of, or at least there were, a lot of places where you, I mean, you could, uh, honestly, the argument was always for locals and people who drive, I, I'm getting lost. I'm getting lost in my own argument here. The argument for locals is if they're coming to the Strip, they're coming to spend money. So this makes, this is perfectly fair for them. If you're coming from California or Arizona, odds are you're staying at one of these places or you're now being encouraged to stay at that place or at least fucking spend money at that place while you're there. Totally fair. The idea of validating you spending money in that place seems 
more in the Vegas spirit of things. If you're going to charge parking, yeah, if you want, if, if you're coming for the Las Vegas race, you know, people running up and down the strip or whatever, and you're just parking at a, at a property and you're not spending any money there, okay, yeah, they should make some money off your parking. If you're coming to the Mirage so you can eat, you know, you can go see Love and you eat at fucking Heritage Steak or something. I think you, I think you've you've dropped some some coin at that at that establishment. You don't need to nickel and dime them with parking. I, I, you're preaching the choir. I agree. I get that it takes money to be able to build those parking structures, and if you can monetize it, all right, more power to you. But don't forget about the the, the bigger picture, which is again coming in and doing some gambling, seeing a show, and having dinner. Yeah, I I agree. So. This is kind of interesting. There is a hangover experience at Madame Tussauds. Madame Tussauds at Venetian recently opened the Hangover Bar, expanding their Hangover Experience attraction. The attraction features replications of iconic scenes in the movie, including the hotel suite at Caesar's Palace and the wedding chapel where Stu married a whore, populated by various wax figures from the film, including Mike Tyson. It recently opened a bar that while not a replica of the shots on the roof scene at Caesar's Palace, was inspired and meant to invoke the spirit of. Madame Tussauds has recently partnered with the High Roller at Link to offer a package that includes both experiences for $75. Admission to Madame Tussauds alone, as well as the hangover experience, will cost you $30 if you purchase your tickets online. I, I, knew, you- I knew that this hangover experience was out, and I forgot about it. I just think this this takes it to the next level. It's pretty cool. Have you ever done Madame Tussauds before? A long time ago, before I fully fell in love with the city, when I, like, it was like the second or third time I had gone, where I was still enjoying all the attractions and, and shows and stuff like that. Okay. I, I have yet to do it, but something like this really bumps it up to the top of the must-try list, because I think that would be a lot of fun. That it is fun. That's clever and, 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 and creative to come up with these sort of uh, replications yep. from the movie. Agreed. There, speaking of Link, though, you mentioned that there's a uh, there's a, a Link package. There's uh, apparently some Link renovation plans going on. Now that it's become a bottleneck of disappointment and concern, Eater Vegas shared this week what Link has planned for its recently shuttered public spaces. Starting with Tag Sports Bar and Squeeze Juice Bar, Plans are to relocate the race and sports book to this location and develop a space that sounds almost like the tag concept 2.0. Referred to as RNS in permit applications, the space will feature a raised upper deck bar facing man caves that offer self service beer stations. Next to the bar, and taking over the space formerly used by Tag and Squeeze, will be a food truck dining option called Tailgate. Tailgate will take advantage of the space by offering indoor and outdoor seating options. In other news, the long underutilized strip facing front edge at Link will soon be home to the bar at Link. I mean, no, nobody's ever said they were clever, but <laughs> it's going to offer shaded outdoor patio facing Caesar's Palace. Although, now that I think about it, didn't that used to just basically be a bar that then led up to their karaoke lounge? So it doesn't sound like they're really repurposing into much anything new, just reopening. Lastly, work will soon begin on a new concept called the Chez Marcel Cafe in the just under 6,000 square foot space located opposite of Sprinkles Cupcakes. 
Specific ETAs on any of these projects are currently unknown. I, it wasn't that I didn't think that Link was coming up with something good. I just didn't understand why they did all of these things at the same time creating that bottleneck. But that being said, it's not like they did Park MGM where a strip property doesn't have a fucking strip entrance. Yeah. The only thing out of this entire... Well, that's not entirely fair. Looking at what their renovations are going to entail, I'm intrigued by this upper deck bar that's going to have man caves and, and, and self-service beer stations. Yeah. Uh, that that intrigues me. But what I'm most excited about is this idea of having the bar at the link, which is going to have outside patio seating facing Caesars Palace. One of the things that I remember thinking, even as recently as this exact trip that we just did for 360 Vegas Vacation 6, was walking past the link and thinking, man, they're really missing out because there's oh, just, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's steps and steps and steps of of wall mm-hmm. on your right-hand side. I mean, just do something with that. And that's that's intriguing to me. That seems actually kind of cool to be able to sit out there, have be a beautiful view of what Caesar's Palace looks like from that vantage point where the link sits. This has a lot of promise i think i agree i agree we'll see what they do with it hopefully it's it's along the lines of what was that 35 35 something cool like that that would be neat that would be very cool all right so the convention center has some parking or excuse me there's more convention right. center parking for the lvcva the rj is reporting that the lvcva plans to purchase the 8.4 acres of land behind the pepper mill halfway between the strip and paradise road just north of East Convention Center Drive for $50 million so they can turn it into a parking lot. Presumably to make up for the parking that they will lose when their upcoming expansion plans repurpose the land currently being used for parking, formerly home to the landmark in the Riviera. The land surrounding Kishner Drive is currently home to a largely abandoned shopping center and an aging apartment complex, and it will displace several dozen tenants. The purchase will give the LBCVA ownership of the majority of a city block that is Elvis Presley Boulevard, Paradise Road, East Convention Center Drive, and Las Vegas Boulevard. While located near the parcel being targeted, it does not appear the indoor skydiving facility just west will be part of the acquisition. Hmm. I don't have a whole lot to <laughs> add to this. This was more fun for me because I got to analyze geography. <laughs> and, and I'm not going to lie, in my head, I was like, okay, well, I know where Elvis Presley Boulevard is. Oh, yep, I know where Paradise is. Oh, sure, that must make that East Convention Drive. That And, and then, sure enough, there's the Las Vegas Boulevard. Like, in my head, I was like, okay, I, I generally have an idea of where this area is going to be. Um, it It also, yet again, amazes me that this 8.4 acres of land that they're buying behind the pepper mill in this area in here that you've talked about is more profitable than having had the landmark in the Riviera there. Yeah, I I couldn't agree with you more. I don't get it. I don't get it. Oh, well. Yeah. Let's move into prop bets. For those of you unfamiliar, prop bets is an extension of the news, but with just bits and pieces of noteworthy items. First up, Vital Vegas reports that Chick-fil-A is rumored to be taking over the space recently vacated by Pink's Hot Dogs at Planet Hollywood and soon 
to be vacated pinup pizza as well now for the record the people behind pinks they also run the hot doggery which is over at the link promenade just in case you're craving some of that cuisine <laughs> palm's new lobby bar named the unknown bar after the art piece it features as its centerpiece a 13-foot tiger shark cut into thirds and placed in three separate tanks of formaldehyde is open and drawing a smidge of controversy. Originally unveiled in 1999, the shark is real, and it was caught by a fisherman in Australia. The buffet at Treasure Island is now closed so that it can undergo a $3.6 million renovation to the space. The project is expected to be completed by the end of July. But Vegas reports that instead of a new dining option, plans are to expand the Golden Gate Casino into the space formerly home to Dupars. Dupars abruptly closed at the property in February of 2017. Doesn't that say something about, about Derek Stevens' gambling operation? When you're like, ah, that restaurant's just not, I'm going to make more money just putting some slots over here. Yeah. It, well, and what's particularly interesting about it is that means that and correct me if I'm wrong, but there is now no eatery or, or let me rephrase, ensures there will be no eatery at the Golden Gate. Yeah, And I only say that from the standpoint that, again, during 360 Vegas Vacation 6, I had a comped room stay with some food credit that was good at either uh, the D or Golden Gate. And, and I remember thinking to myself, well, I don't, I don't know that there's any food options at Golden Gate, and so we wound up eating over at the at the D and, and being able to use our food credit that way. But I mean, that's just—it's interesting to me that he, that Derek Stevens is taking a concerted effort to say, "Nope, I'm I'm good with there not being an eatery option. You're going to do nothing but gamble at the Golden Gate." Yeah, I think it offered. I, I'm I'm pretty sure that shrimp cocktail still served at their at their their bar, their casino bar. But I mean, yeah, you're right. There is no like food option where you can sit and get food. Yeah. Hmm. Next, Caesars Entertainment announced that in addition to the recently announced non-gaming projects planned in Dubai and Mexico, the company is currently looking to expand the Caesars Palace, Flamingo, Link, and Cromwell brands to various vacation destinations in the U.S. and abroad. The company believes the strength of its Total Rewards loyalty program is the key to successful expansion into the non-gaming market because it boasts 55 million members of the Total Rewards system. I get that, but I don't get Link. How, how, do, you, how do you expand the Link brand? I, I, you know what? I don't know how you realistically expand any of these brands. I mean, maybe <laughs> you seems like make one of them easy to do. Because Cromwell, which one? Cromwell. It just seems like the kind of thing that I could go to New York and, and see a Cromwell. But I agree with you. Like Caesar's Palace, Flamingo, Link. I don't. I don't really understand those brands, especially as non-gaming. Link, especially. Like Link is very specifically. Unless they plan to open all these shopping promenades with fucking observation wheels or something all over the place, but. I yeah, I, I I am cautiously optimistic about how this plays out because if they're gonna offer up comp rooms yeah. to stay in some of these places, um, you you know I'd be open to to going to a non gaming destination if I can use a comp room. But realistically, I don't know how that works out for them in the long run. Why would they give me a free room if they can't 
find a way to make it back other than they just trust that I'm going to gamble in Vegas and the Chicagoland area. And blah, blah, blah. It is an interesting idea of diversifying your portfolio. It'll be interesting to see if it works. The Blue Moon Bar is opening at Planet Hollywood this month. It's going to be located next to the Zappos Theater in the Miracle Mile Shops. The bar will be outfitted with video poker machines and feature all things Blue Moon brand beer. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> iHeart Radio Music Festival will be at the T-Mobile Arena Friday and Saturday, September 21st and 22nd. Show starts at 7.30 p.m. Tickets start at an undisclosed price, but day one will feature performances by Fleetwood Mac, Jack White, Mariah Carey, and more. Day two is going to feature Justin Timberlake, Carrie Underwood, Imagine Dragons, and many more. I will totally give you a 20 if you sing Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood at Vegas Vacation 7. Well, I mean, now that the gauntlet's been thrown down... I mean, it's what I want. Yeah, it's not gonna lie. Give the people what they want, Tony. I, yeah. I, all right. All right. I, I, the worst part is I'm trying to actually sing the song in my head right now, and I, the, I know how it goes, but I can't come up. I'm like, something's right. two wheel driving before he cheats. <laughs> I just want your rendition because you're not the thing that I I do actually enjoy about your singing is that. Uh, like I know, I know. I personally try to sing like the artist that that sings this, and I know that you're not supposed to do that, but that's what I try to do. You are very aware of your range. You know how to sing. You can carry a tune, and and that's what you go into it. It's very crooner-esque. You're like, on, oh no, no, no. I just know. Oh, hold on. I just need to fix the pitch, and there it is. Now I know what I need to do. So, I like it. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. I will do my best to uh, to Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin up that before he cheats on. <laughs> Returning home from a show at Bally's just after midnight Wednesday, Wayne Newton and his wife return to their residence to find burglars in the act of robbing their home. The two intruders fled the scene, and police are still looking for them. In response, Newton has increased security at their residence. To be clear... Wayne Newton's home was broken into, not Shenandoah. Shenandoah is now a public museum. That being said, Shenandoah has been closed since May 2nd for renovations. <laughs> that's that's actually just scary. I, I, I don't weird. have anything snarky to say about yeah, it. I weird. couldn't imagine coming home and literally finding people in my house trying to rob me. And frankly, I'm I'm glad that it didn't yeah. turn out much, much worse. I, I mean, agree. if the, the robbers had freaked uh, who knows if they would have killed, uh, you know, um, Wayne Newton and his wife. So I'm I'm glad it didn't turn out worse. I, I agree. That is one of the more scary things is is someone breaking into your house or someone just home invading. Like you're at home and they just run and break down your door. Like th- those are two genuinely scary situations. So, yeah, I'm glad everything, you know. Yeah, we we can make jokes. But in all sincerity, I'm, I'm glad that, that that turned out kind of like the best way it could have turned out. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. They're home. Go. Right. Go. Right. <laughs> Well, and I mean, come on, in 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 a very real sense, it also, um, I don't want to say it breaks the illusion, but maybe that's the best way to phrase it. You know, for us and for our listeners, Vegas is, is an escape, right? It's an right. oasis from our day-to-day sort of life. And yet, here's a situation where it's like any big city and where robberies not only are going to take place, but it's, it's happening in a place that you don't want it to take place. It makes you realize that there is shit outside of the strip or outside of downtown that it's still a very real 
it's 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 a place where people live and have a life and that these sort of things happen. Yeah, and if you ever have the opportunity to visit Memphis and see Graceland, Graceland is in the middle of a really bad part of town and you can see lots of according to Zillow reasonably low-priced homes surrounding although at this point now that they have the the guest house it's really only on one side but you can see while in Graceland into the backyards of, of neighbors so. yeah good call you're right you're absolutely right and finally, Las Vegas has withdrawn its bid to host the 2026 World Cup Games, citing that the cost would be too expensive and far more than originally envisioned. Hosting the World Cup was one of the events advocates had been using the taxpayer money to partially fund the construction on the Raider Stadium site. Yeah, I, I know. I, I'm a hope. It, all right, so I'm going I'm to, instead of being my traditional snarky self, I'm going to try and look at this from 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 a different perspective maybe maybe the world cup is just kind of getting a little too like i think this has happened with the olympics recently people are like all right hold the fuck on like we're willing to build a stadium and and build up all these new hotels and all this stuff but you know where did all these other costs come from what is all this shit so i'm hoping it's them getting a little too you know like hold just dial it back a bit all right we're willing to accommodate this we don't need to you know chunk on another half a billion dollars just to kiss your ass to get you here absolutely i remember and it's been a quite a few years now but i i whenever utah hosted the the winter olympics it in in park lake i believe round roundabout let's just say 2002 i remember you know some of the articles that have subsequently come out is that you know they they built all of the things that needed to be provided for dormitories and training centers and the indoor stuff and the outdoor stuff. And what do you do with all of that shit once it all goes away? I mean, like it reminds me of the episode of the Simpsons where Bart Milhouse and all of them go to some worn down former world's fair. I mean, it's just, it's this, (laughs) you know, den of sadness. And, and I get it. At what point you just go, look, I know we're going to make a shit ton of money, but in the long run, what are we going to do with this stuff? There's the upfront cost of doing it, and then there's the either maintenance and or tearing down of it. So yeah. the, the Winter Olympics places, I get more than the summer. I don't understand what you do with some of these giant track and field venues or, or a lot of the sports that they that they, they have in the, in the Summer Olympics. But the Winter Olympics, they can turn that stuff into uh, uh, resorts. I mean, as a matter of fact, when we went up to Vancouver, we went to visit where they had the, the last Olympics in, in Vancouver. And, and that entire place had been radically uh, rejuvenated because of the Olympics. So I, I huh. get the winner, but yeah. I agree with you. Like, if there's much more to this World Cup or Summer Olympics, I, I, I get how, in the end, at some point, you're like, yeah, what are, what are we going to do with all this shit? Cool. Well, I guess that's going to do it for news and prop bets. Let's check the river. All right, Mark, so it looks like we've got some listener feedback, in particular Steve O's Trip Report Part 1. Yeah, yeah, let's enjoy. Good. Hey, 360, this is Steve O coming to you again. Just checked out of the Mirage just a few days ago. Wanted to share a few things with you. We got there about uh, 11 a.m. on a Sunday. 
checked in a little bit early. Our room wasn't ready yet, so we went over to the still over at the Mirage. Place looked pretty good. We uh, ordered the chips and guacamole and a few other things. The guacamole was fantastic there. We started uh, ordering some beers, and then we realized that we were actually paying for our beers <laughs> there. So we went on the floor and started gambling. We went over to uh, the sports bar, and uh, we realized over there that as long as we were gambling at the bar, we got our beers for free, so that was nice. How many times have we done that? We're, we're, we're hanging out, dr uh, drinking, and you're like going, you know we have to pay for all these. Why don't we just, like, there's the table right there. Let's just move this conversation over there, and then they're free. Yeah, no, that, that's a great observation, and, and, and one that I'm like, you know what? It's a rookie mistake that I still make, Yeah, a, you know, 10 years later. You get caught up. You get caught up. Sure. All right, there's more. Um, had a great time there. After that, we checked in about three to a, a two-bedroom uh, tower suite that worked out really well for us. We had a few people in there. Fortunately for us, we brought a bunch of our own alcohol. The rule of thumb is bring uh, twice as much as you think you'll drink. <laughs> and uh, we did a pretty good job on that. After checking in, we went down to the pool. Uh, and as another rule of thumb, the uh, go hard on uh, day one rule ended up pretty good for a couple people in our group. So by Six o'clock, we lost uh, one member down on the couch for the rest of the evening. By 7.30, we lost another member in bed down for the couch for the rest of the evening. The rest of us took an Uber to uh, Nacho Daddy down at Fremont Street. We thought the uh, Nacho Daddy of Fremont Street, we hadn't been there yet, so it was a little smaller than the one on the strip. Uh, it didn't seem quite as big and new and fresh and clean, but the food was really good. We ordered a few different types of nachos there. The enchilada nachos were fantastic. Those worked out really well for uh, our table. Uh, spent a little bit of time in Fremont Street and then uh, went back to the hotel for a little gambling right after that. So that was day one, a great day. Remember the rules that I told you about uh, losing some fellow soldiers there. Don't go too hard too early <laughs> and uh, don't stop off at the still to pay for your drinks when you could uh, go on the floor and do some gambling and get those for free. Thanks. Quality advice. Quality advice it, it, for, for the pro amongst us all. Absolutely. And, and I mean, let's be honest. Isn't that the best part, though, about Vegas? And you're like, oh, that guy right there. He does not know how to do Vegas the first day. Right. You got to pace yourself. Right. You get too Says, excited. You get all fired up. We've all done it before. You oh land, God, you're yeah. like going, fucking shots, man. We're in Vegas. And you're like, dude, it's 11 o'clock in the morning. Right. <laughs> right? Just like, dial it back. Like, Slow your roll. Yeah, poor, poor Mitchell can attest to the fact that Tony doesn't. Tony is a do as he says, not as he does sort of fellow. That's right. Well, thanks, Steve-O. I really appreciate your uh, your trip report. Mark, I think that's probably going to do it then for uh, episode 270. You got anything else before I close out, brother? No, sir. That will be it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening and downloading. We really do appreciate it. If you'd like to check out any of the stories on today's show, you can do so on the blog, which is 360vegaspodcast.com. You can get premium and exclusive content when you subscribe to our show at patreon.com slash 360vegas. You can support the show by purchasing things. I'm going to try that again. You can support the show by purchasing things from our affiliates such as amazon.com, earth limos, or just make a PayPal donation. You can buy merchandise from our store, which is zazzle.com slash 360vegas. 
or help others find the show by reviewing us on iTunes. If you'd like to send us some feedback, written or audio, much like what Steve-O did, you can do so at 360VegasPodcast at gmail.com. And if you aren't sure how to record that audio with your smartphone and email it to the show, don't worry about it. We have instructions on how to do that as well on the blog's main page. Sir, where can folks find you? I am at 360VegasTony. You just told you where you can find me, so until next time. Yeah.